0: So John, although he looks young, has a world of experience under his belt, he is a great man of God and loves the Word of God. So we're looking forward to hearing from you this morning, John. Take it away. Thank you.
1: Fantastic. What can I say? It is great to be here this morning. I think I've been to one, maybe two youth services in this building, um, but we haven't got Danny on a Sunday because we're just like you guys in your own home church and uh, our pastors don't really like it when we just start church hopping, right? Anybody else like that? Anybody find you get a phone call or a tap on the shoulder pretty quick if you start just visiting? So that's why otherwise we would come more often, but it's just not really not really appropriate. And our pastors do that, Pastor Bruce and Julie um, travel around a bit and say, yeah, he'll have have a listen during the week, and uh, so just take that bit off. We talked about it before, Nathan, and uh, so now that's all good. But no, I want to say a massive thank you to your pastors, Pastor Chris and Vicky. Um, as Chris did say, we have got to know each other a little better over the last couple of years going to Fiji um, together, and uh, it's just great to have you guys on board with that, but you guys have got some of the neatest pastors um, going around, and uh, so just make sure you're always praying for them. And uh, because if they've got it together, then that goes a long way to making sure that you've got it together. And so pray for your pastors, pray for your leaders. If you've got Connect leaders, youth leaders, young adults leaders, pray for them all and uh, make sure that they are living a great life. And uh, so there we go. There's a little pearl straight away, one of the best pearls you can get. Pray for your leaders. Look after your leaders. So I did have a listen online to Ash Murphy's message from last week. And so who was here last week and heard her message? Oh, wow, most of you guys were here. That's pretty good. So faith, what was next? Courage. And the last one was oh, Faith, courage, and obedience. Ash Murphy did a great job um, preaching up a storm on that. And so I love the fact three simple points. I'm a three-point preacher as well. As soon as I start trying to preach a fourth point, then uh, I get confused and I get lost in my own message. So three points is what you will always get from me. But uh, speaking about what do I see? And uh, it's such a great question. I got the email through from Pastor Chris saying, what do you see? And I thought, okay, what do I see? Well, for 2017 and beyond, I can see, went straight to, Our church and went, okay, well, I can see salvations, I can see growth, I can see a bigger building, I can see our youth department, our kids department, our young adults departments all just growing and flourishing and being influential in the areas that they are. And I started thinking about it and I'm going, well, I can see a new building and I can see that we're going to have to get a bigger building sooner rather than later in our church. And you guys are on the road to expanding in that realm as well, which is awesome. We kind of have got a bigger building at the moment, temporarily, uh, a little longer than we first thought, we got flooded back in October, um, eight weeks of building reconstruction, so we are meeting at the convention centre up in Hardorf, which is a much bigger building than ours, and uh, we were back for December the 4th, December the, what's the next one, 12th, 12th, December the 18th, December 25th, and then December 28th, we got flooded again, so we're out of the building again, and so we're enjoying a bigger building again, um, got to look at it the positive way, right? And so the whole process has started again, but a bigger building. And for us as a family, for Emma, myself, and our boys Mason and Riley, we're looking at a bigger house this year, going the boys are starting to get a little bit bigger, starting to run around. So I'm going, what do I see? I see a bigger house for us. I see that expanding, a bigger backyard, which means at the moment, not really looking forward to it, but more lawn to mow. And uh, there definitely won't be more gardens because we are not gardeners at all. I'd rather mow the lawn than weed a garden any day of the week, although spraying is fairly simple to sort out garden beds. Um, But that's that's some of the things that I see. And so I started thinking about it. And then I started to think about the times in my life when I haven't been able to see. The times when I've had a bit of blurred vision. Or at times when I've been blindfolded and I haven't been able to see it all. And um, that took me straight to these adverts that you may have seen kicking around on TV. I've got one very short one for us this morning just to watch. That's better. Got a cheese one. It's nice to take the weight of your feet. Right now at Specsavers, you can get a free multifocal lens upgrade. Should have gone to Specsavers. What sort of cheese was that? Does anybody love Specsavers ads? I literally, that was the first one I looked at on YouTube, and then I literally sat there on YouTube for about half hour, maybe 40 minutes, watching different funny adverts instead of doing my sermon prep. So, that um, <laughs> was just one of those. I love watching YouTube clips. Anybody? Yeah, so... But uh, should have gone to Specsavers. And uh, I just love that whole line of thinking that, you know, sometimes what we think we're looking at isn't what we're looking at. God's got another plan. It may not be a roller coaster. You might think you're sitting on a park bench and to eat your sandwich and you end up sitting on a roller coaster. It may not be that, but not all the time does what it looks like end up being what it actually is. Habakkuk 2, verse 2, reading from the message says, Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. I love it. I love that bit mainly because it's in big block letters and so that it can be read on the run because who knows, life gets busy. Life gets more than busy. Life gets hectic. And if we can't see the vision when we're on the run, it's going to get left behind. If we can't see the vision and make sure we're following whatever it is we're following when we're busy running through life, It's going to get left behind extremely quickly. And so making sure that whatever it is, whether it's your own personal vision, whether it's your church vision, whether it's the youth ministry's vision, the kids' ministry's vision, they should all come back to the church vision, but there's going to be something slightly different about it because it's dealing with kids or youth or adults or whatever it is, young mums or young parents, whatever. But it's like make sure it's big so that you can see it when you're on the run. And so that's kind of underpinning everything I say today. Make sure it's big, written out big, but make sure it is big as well. And so as I just alluded to, there's been times in my life when I haven't been able to see, when I've had things going on around me. And so this morning, my three points are actually three things that have kind of stopped me from, or the first two are kind of things that have stopped me from seeing and then the last one's something that really helps me to get to where I'm seeing. And so, what do I see? What do I see a lot of the time? What do I see? Comparisons. What do I see? A lot of the time, I see something. I see a bigger house. I see salvations. I see something in the house of God. And then I straight away go, Oxford Fools'. You know, I see a new screen for us, and it's, you know, this massive big screen. It's, you know, half that size. And I'm like, that's going to be so awesome on our back wall, and that's going to be that. And it's like, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And then you go to Presence Conference, and you see their screens. But you know what I've worked out about screens, just talking about screens? The bigger the screen, the more obvious it is when it fails. We so say <laughs> it's kind of like, well, but it's like comparing things. It's like, don't compare things. Don't get your vision and your family's vision or your personal vision or your church's vision and then start to compare it to other people's. Get your vision from God and go, that's my vision. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to run with it. And I'm not going to compare to someone else. So I love this scripture, Matthew 7, 3 to 4. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. It's like, it's a, that's the comparing thing. That's the thing of going, well, hang on, what's, what's up with you? You've got issues. It's like, but if I look in the mirror, guess what? My issues are even bigger. So often that's the case. It's like so often when we flip that to our vision, when we flip that to where we're going, it's like I can start to compare things. I can start to look at things the way someone else might be or start to go, well, hang on, Pastor Chris might not like my vision oh, what if I tell Pastor Chris my vision and he says, well, yeah. He's like, well, that's not a very good vision. And I was like, no, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Pastor Chris doesn't have to like my vision because it's my vision for my family and where I'm going. As long as I like his vision for where the church is going, we're going to get along all right. But we can have slightly different visions for our own personal walks as long as when, if you're part of this church, it ties in somehow to where the church is going. Does that make sense? So stop comparing your life to the person sitting alongside of you. Stop going, well, by the time I was 30, or by the time I'm going to be 30, I want to be like that person. Or by the time or when I was that age, I'd already done this and this. It's like, no, don't. Just stop it. Don't do it. It will ruin your chances of actually seeing clearly and following any vision, let alone your own vision. Point number two, is I've got to keep moving here. Point number two, I love this one. The next two are my favourites. The next point, make sure you write it down big and clear. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Galatians 6 verse 9, often used around bringing an offering to God, not talking about faking it. Let us not become weary in doing good for At the proper time, not when I decide, when he decides, we will receive or we will reap a harvest. But You know what? It doesn't stop there. The next little bit is the most critical bit in that scripture if we do not give up. Fake it till you make it. Just keep turning up. You know, for me, this was massive. 2013, I went through a bit of a, phase where I didn't want to be anywhere and uh, didn't want to go to church, didn't want to go home most of the time, didn't want to be married, didn't want to have kids, didn't want to be a pastor, didn't want to do anything I was doing. was ready to go and um, live at my parents' shack and just go fishing in the morning, catch enough fish to last a day and that was about what I thought some days was going to be a good life but I didn't. But I had good counsel from my pastors, I had good counsel from other people coming in that said, just keep turning up. Just keep rocking up. If nothing else, just fake it. And so not that I was faking it because it was deep down inside of me, but I would get up and I preached through that time. I ran meetings through that time. I led prayer meetings through that time. I prayed for people. I saw people get saved. I saw people get healed through that time. Why? Because God's hand hadn't lifted off me. I continued to rock up 6 a.m. Tuesday morning men's prayer meetings in our church every Tuesday, other than at the moment across the Christmas break. But other than that, from the 1st of Feb through to about the 1st of December, we do it every week. Through that time, I still went to everyone. Do you know how hard it is to get out of bed at 5 o'clock at the best of times? But when you don't have any vision, when you can't see a purpose for being there, when you can't see a reason, that's really tough. But I still did it. I made this decision somehow, I don't know how, but by the grace of God, that I was going to continue to rock up to everything regardless. I was going to continue to go through the motions, so to speak, so that I didn't get stuck where I was because that was not a good place to be. I had to continue to go, continue to keep moving so that I could see again. And so fake it till you make it. Usually, that is one of the Best pieces of advice, I don't think it was quite said to me in that way, but that's the way that I took it and I ran with it. It works for me to say fake it till you make it because I can contextualise that. If fake it till you make it doesn't work for you, then change it slightly so that it does. Just say, I'm not going to get stuck in a rut. Say, I'm going to keep going regardless or just keep walking. You remember that song that was on the Journey CD back in like, I don't know, the 90s or something? Just keep walking, keep Yeah, keep walking. Anyway, so that was like really hip at the time. So don't listen to it now. It's horrible. Uh, But but it's like whatever works for you, make sure you don't get stuck in a rut. Make sure you keep turning up. When you don't feel like coming to church, the worst thing you can do is not come to church. When you don't feel like seeing your pastor, when you don't feel like seeing your connect leader, the worst thing you can do is not see them. Turn up to connect group. Do you call them connect groups? Connect groups, turn up to connect groups, turn up to youth, turn up to kids, turn up to prayer mites, whatever it is, turn up and just be there and people will see that you're there. People will start to see that you're feeling a bit down. They'll pray for you, they'll do that, but fake it till you make it. Rock up and I tell you, your vision will come back. It will. God will restore sight to the blind. He says it, he does it. My last one this morning, which again is something that I always Live by, it's written, um, I think it was written on my Facebook profile, I don't know if it is now, I think my thing on there at the moment is um, the world suffers violence and the violent take it by force, but that's a good little catchphrase, but that's not right now. This one here is aim small, achieve big. Aim small, achieve big. See, because we can have big visions. Who's got a big vision here? Anybody got a big vision for their life, a big vision for their family, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a nurse, you want to be... A teacher, you want to be a principal, you want to be a firefighter, you want to be a pastor, don't be a pastor. You want to be Whatever it is that you want to be, you want to be a mum, you want to be a dad, it's like you've got to aim small to achieve big. So just using the parent one, you might be a young person here and you're going, the only thing I want to do with my life is be a parent. Well, guess what? You've got to aim a little bit smaller than being a parent because before you can be a parent, you've got to be a husband or a wife. Before you can do that, you've got to be a fiancé or a fiancé. Before you're that, you've got to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Before that, you've got to actually talk to a boy or a girl. Right? So there's kind of your process of going from my dream, my vision is I want to be a parent. You've got to break it down into smaller things. And so to achieve bigness, you've got to aim small. So the first step might be I'm going to talk to one girl every day this week. It's like, that might be, okay, okay. you might go, I'm going to be a great author. Okay, so my, I'm going to break that down. I can't write a book until I've read some books, right? And so my goal might be, I'm going to break that down. I hate reading. So I'm going to read one paragraph a day. Or I'm going to read one chapter a day. Or I'm going to read one book a week. You've got to break it down so that it's actually achievable. Because you know the great thing about achieving something what, is, what happens on the inside when you achieve something? You smile. You feel good about yourself. You start to go, hey, I can actually do this. If you've got this massive goal and that's the only thing you look at, guess what? We're never going to get there because we're always going, oh, it's so big. It's like if all we want to do is be like Oxford Falls, we're always just going to be like, oh, when are we ever going to get a car park that's 10 times bigger than our church? I was like, when are we ever going to get all these leaders? When are we ever? It's like, no, let's just break it down and go, right, we're going to get this year, we're going to get one person saved. This year, we're going to raise up one new leader. This year, I'm going to bring one person to church. And I'll tell you, how many people are here this morning? Like 100 people? If we all bring one person to church this year, then guess how big our church is next year? It's pretty simple. You can call it out. 200. And if we do that again, the following year, we've got 400. But I'd say by then we're probably going to be more like five or 600 because those people have all brought people along the way and they've caught it. And the best people to bring people to church are people that have just started coming because they're not kind of run down in the motions of it. They're all excited. They've got that smile thing happening. They've got that joy thing because they've achieved something. They've got that sense of I can do this happening on the inside and say, so Make sure that we break it down. I love this scripture. Again, I keep saying I love scriptures, but they're good for you. If nothing else, if you want to read a book, if you want to be an author and you want to read a book and want to learn how to read a book, then don't open up like James Johnson's trip to Jamaica. It's like, I don't even know, I'm just making up a book. That's a good book. I might write that and have a stage name called, or an author name called James Johnson, but... I have to go to Jamaica to do it. Field trip, um, but it's like open this book. Start. Don't start at the start. Start in like the book of John, which is talking about love, and it's a little bit easier than reading through. Yeah, I am a little bit biased, but my name doesn't have a H, so. Or you could start in Matthew, or you could start in the book of Chris um, Christians. Uh, that's uh, but no, you just start like halfway through in the book of Matthew. Read the Gospels. That's a good place. Don't. Don't just open it up and start reading Genesis because you will last not very long. Um, start in Matthew, read through that and then you can go back to Genesis and Leviticus and Numbers and all those fun ones. And, uh, but, but start there, read a book. I love Exodus 4 verse 2. Moses has just been kind of having this little bit of a dialogue with God and they're kind of, this is how it goes in my head, okay? So it's not quite 100%. Exactly how it's written, but in my head, if I was to make a movie and get Brendan and Simon to direct it, this is how it would go. Okay, so they're kind of sitting on the beach, looking out at the ocean and the sun's setting, and they've got a beer in their hand, and uh, they're having just a chat as two mates. God and Moses talking about it, and they're like, "Well, how's the state of my people?" This is God talking to Moses. And Moses, like, "Oh, well, you know, they're getting a little bit, getting a little bit sick of just being in this one little section and." There's this dream of going to the promised land but, but it's not happening and so God kind of turns and says, well, okay, let's make it happen and it's not really how it works but this just makes it sound a little bit and so then Moses like on the inside, he's like, yes, we can do this. Yes, this is going to be awesome. Who's going to make it happen? And God turns to Moses and says, you, you're it. It's you and you alone. Well, not you alone, there's other people and Moses straight away goes to all these people, marching them out of Egypt. He gets the big picture, right? He's got the big picture. This is what's going to have to happen to make that happen. And he starts coming up with all the excuses. I can't talk. I've got nothing to actually get a conversation going. He should have talked to some more boys and girls when he was younger, mainly girls as he was a boy. But it's like he's had to have that conversation and he started to have this not Panic attack? It might have been. I don't know. But he just started to have this wrestle on the inside, going, "How can I make that work?" The key to aiming small, in my opinion, is in this scripture right here: Exodus four, verse two. Moses has just been told by God. Oh, sorry, that's my thing. That's not the actual scripture. Then the Lord, Moses. Then the Lord said to him, to Moses, "What is that in your hand? What is that?" In your hand. I want you to look at your hand right now. What's in it? Nothing, because I got you to look at it. But it's like, think about it. It might be your phone, it might be, but think about what is in your life right now. When you've got your vision to be a school principal, when you've got your vision to run a business, to start it, to run it, when you've got a vision to be a parent, when you've got a vision to run a church, when you've got a vision to be a leader when you've got a vision to do whatever it is you want to do, start not by going, oh, it's too hard. Start by looking at your hands. Start by looking at what God has given you. So Moses replies, a staff, a stick. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake, which would be pretty freaky, right? Right? And so Moses does what any of us would do. He starts to freak out and God says, don't panic, pick it up. And as Moses touches the tail, it turns back into a stick and then he marches off full of confidence. Why? Not because he's now seeing the big picture. The big picture was starting to freak him out. We're not meant to. If the big picture doesn't freak you out, it's not big enough. Write that one down. That's a little freebie for you. If the big picture doesn't freak you out, get a bigger picture. Get a bigger vision because the big vision is meant to freak us out. It's meant to be not doable by ourselves. But when we get the stick that is already in our hands or whatever it is already in our hand and God says, right now, let go of it. It wasn't the throwing on the ground that turned the stick into a snake. It was Moses trusting God to let go. It was Moses trusting God to say, okay, well, this is what I've got. This is my staff. I'm a shepherd boy. This is all I know. Since I was a little boy, this has protected me. This has earned me money. This has fed me. This has done everything that I need to do. This stick is it. That's what a staff represents for a shepherd. And God's saying to Moses, let go. God's saying to Moses, if you want to actually fulfill the vision that we've just talked about, you've got to let go. So aim small, Achieve big, aim small, achieve greatness. And so together, together we can do it. The other thing I love about that story is that Moses didn't do it alone. Moses couldn't do it all by himself. He had to get, God had to get Aaron alongside Moses to go with him because Moses had faults. I mean, I I know Pastor Chris and Vicky don't have any faults, but I know the rest of you do, right? Pastor Chris and Vicki—they're perfect. Okay, they don't need any help. They can just continue to do it alone. Don't worry about helping them; they're fine. But the rest of us need help, right? No, Pastor Chris and Vicki need help as well. And so we can't do it by ourselves. It's like we've—God calls us to be husband and wife because two are better than one. It's like, and a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. It's like add God into the mix and it gets even better. It's like, but it's like—it's not just about husband and wife. That's like going into business partnership. It's like you go into business with someone generally because two are better than one. You see things differently as a couple in business, not in life. But it's like you can get alongside connect group leaders, all our connect groups, most of our connect groups are run by couples, two people because two people are better than one. You can lean on each other. You can be there for each other. If one's not well, the other one can pick up the slack and run with it or can pick you up and run you through it or whatever it is. And so get alongside people. Don't try and do it all alone. But find someone to go the journey with you. Find someone to step into it with you. Okay. So don't compare. Fake it till you make it. Keep turning up. Each and every week, don't stop. Whatever you do, do not stop and then aim small achieve big set goals break down your vision into things that are achievable look at what you have right now and use it and watch God build on that watch God work in your life you know I alluded to it earlier about the little time when I was went through but going back before that I was brought up in a Christian home and uh I was just literally going through the motions, went to church, went to Sunday school, went to a Christian school, did all that. But it got to a point in my life in 2002, if I can have Jordan up on the keys, in 2002 where I went to a youth camp. Anybody going to youth camp this week? There's a few youth, a couple of older people are, oh, I'm too old. i got to go back as a camp parent. I so said that's how I continue to get to go to youth camps because I get told you can come clean up all our mess and... Uh, you can come. It's like okay. Um, 2002 went on a youth camp. Got invited by my very new at the time girlfriend, um, who is Emma, and uh, went along to the youth camp. Heard a preach meant to be sent to be. Don't be afraid of your destiny. Josh Kelsey is now planted of a church over in uh, Brooklyn, and uh, but he was in one of the youth guys at Oxford Falls at the time, and he preached that man. I still remember. That and it had a little song that went with it, but I won't sing that now. Um, not really anything to do with it. But it just had a song, and that's what I remember about that message: meant to be, sent to be. Don't be afraid of your destiny. And that message just resonated on the inside. I'd grown up in church, but that was the message that said John spoke to my heart and said, "You are meant to be greater than you are. You're sent to be greater than you are. Don't be afraid." And so we can have a vision for our life. We can think we know where we're going, but if we don't have God attached to it, then it's a little hard to let go and trust God because we don't actually have him. We're just letting go. And so I'd love everyone to close their eyes in this place this morning. So I don't know where you've come from. I don't know if this is your first time or the hundredth time you've been in this church or any church. And I definitely don't know what your walk with God is like. But I want to put out a challenge to you in the next couple of minutes. What's your vision? Do you have a vision? And is it tied up in God? Because the number one thing that we need to get sorted this morning, that I would love to pray a prayer with you after the service and just invite God into your heart. That's the number one thing. The number two thing is that if you don't have a vision, I'd love to pray a prayer with you right where you're seated right now to ask God to show you, to ask God to open your eyes, to dream bigger, to take off the blindfold and put on the Specsavers spectacles. No, I'm not sponsored by Specsavers. And so if you're here this morning and you've never invited God into your life, you've never invited him into your heart, or maybe you've done it before, but you've stopped coming to church, or maybe you're going through one of those times where you just feel like you're going through the motions. You go, but John, I want to come back to him this morning. I want to step into a brand new relationship with him. If you are in either of those categories, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, I'd love you to just raise your hand right where you sit. Is there anyone here today that says, John, that's me. I'd love to pray a prayer with you to invite God into my heart. I need him. Awesome. I see that hand. Thank you. Is there anyone else this morning that says the first time, maybe the second time, might be the fourth or fifth time, but it's like don't let this opportunity go without praying a prayer to invite him into your heart?
0: Awesome.
1: The second thing I want to pray for before I hand back to Pastor Chris is for your vision. Maybe you don't have a big enough vision. Maybe you can't see it all. If you just need something this morning has spoken to you in this message, and you're going, God, I need help with my vision. I'd love you to just lift your hand right where you seat. Right where you seat. I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. I don't want to embarrass you. Everyone's got their eyes closed. I'm just going to pray with you right where you're seated. Just lift your hand to acknowledge, not to me, but to God, to say, God, I've heard what's been spoken about, God, I'm going to do something to change that. Awesome, God, I just pray for the brave people this morning that have lifted their hands. God, I thank you, Father, that this morning, God, vision is coming into their hearts. God, not to their eyes, but God, vision is coming to their hearts. God, that they would see through you a future that is bright. God, they would see through you a future that is full of hope. God, I break, Father, anything off their worlds right now, Father, that's stopping them, that's preventing them from seeing clearly. God, depression, I speak to that this morning and say, leave in Jesus' name. You're not welcome here. You're not welcome in the hearts of your people. And so, God, I pray, Father, for every person. God, that you would pour a blessing on them. God, I pray. Father, that you would touch them. God, you transform them. Father, as they go home and they open the Word, Father, that they would just see things jumping out of them, jumping out at them like never before. So, God, I pray, Father, for every person. Bless them, God, every family. Father, let them just have great times ahead. Father for this church, father as they push into 2017, God I pray, father salvation's, God I pray healings, God I pray financial breakthrough just like never before over this house C3 Church Norwood for 2017 in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you Pastor Chris.
0: Give Pastor John a big hand. Awesome message this morning. Can I get you all just to stand for a moment? As we close, I've, there's a, a few reminders that I've got to give you. It's a good idea. Everybody stand on their toes. Sometimes you, 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 your backside gets a bit numb sitting there. Before we close, John asked if there was anybody who wanted to pray a prayer to invite Jesus into their heart and there was one person. Can I ask us all, because I think it's important that we recognise that daily we should be renewing a relationship with God. So I want that person to pray this prayer and I want you all to pray it with me and can I ask if the person who raised their hand After the service, we're going to have a couple down here, Denton and Loretta, if you could wave your hand in the air. They're going to pray for anybody who needs prayer. But for that person, can I ask if you go down and identify yourself to them so that they can actually give you some information about how to uh, move forward from that decision and keep walking with God. Uh, They will help you. They will give you uh, some information. They will perhaps direct you to somebody who can uh, take you and show you some stuff. But right now, I want us all to pray. Are you ready? I want you all to lift your voices. Mighty God, I stand here before you, dedicating my life to you. Right now, I acknowledge you as my Lord and as my Savior. Today, I follow you. I deny the power of the devil. In my life, I accept the power of Jesus Christ and I walk with you, Lord, for the rest of my days. I am a child of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I won't ask you to congratulate yourselves, but that's a dedication, we, ne- we need to accept, every- we need to wake up and recognise every morning that we need to renew our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think taking some of the points that John mentioned home with, it, with us. And don't get caught up, I, I can remember getting uh, a bit caught up with the old fake it till you make it idea because I always thought fake it means false, but no, it's actually, it's not being a fake till you make it. It's actually behaving like you need to to make it, even though you don't feel like you're making it. So don't get misled by the word fake. John's not proposing that we all become fake Christians. Um, But he is saying sometimes we have to take a stand on the outside when our insides are saying the opposite. Um, And he's right. That is one of the hardest things in the world to do. But if you can break through that, you can do almost anything.